Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and downright strange stories that'll have you too scared to sleep. These stories were written by author Andrew Duplessis and come from his recent book, Too Scared to Sleep. Today's episode is sponsored by Too Scared to Sleep, which you can find on Barnes and Nobles or Amazon for just $9.99. Now, what makes this book different from any other book you're asking? Well, I'm gonna tell you. This book not only features 30 short horror stories that'll freak you out, but it also features 30 short movies which can be scanned and watched at your viewing pleasure. From blood-chilling horror to supernatural scares, this collection of short stories from debut author Andrew Duplessis offers something to stoke everyone's fear factor. But that's only the beginning. In a first-ever twist, each story also comes with a pulse-pounding video that deepens the horror. Point your phone at the QR code and be prepared to scream. Maybe even share it with your friends, if you dare. Ready or not, Too Scared to Sleep will answer the question, How brave are you, really? Be sure to jump over to Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com and get this book for just $9.99. Again, many thanks to Andrew Duplessis for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check out those links and support him and his endeavors. I know you'll love those stories that he has in those books, and you'll love those short movies even more. Now, here's a little snippet of what you can expect. Dad, Casey yelled. The stupid disposal is jammed again. She leaned forward and scowled down the drain. It was burbling something brownish, chunky. She wrinkled her nose. It had been coughing up the same nasty gunk for days. Whatever it was, was all over the edges of the sink and counter, like dried on pizza sauce. No matter how much she yelled up the stairs, her father never came down to deal with it. It's super gross, she added, still hollering. It smells like old hot dogs. Casey's phone buzzed on the kitchen counter beside her. She snatched it up and grinned at her best friend's name flashing across the notifications. Her mind emptied instantly, like an upturned drawer. She didn't notice the disposal still churning and sputtering. If her father had bothered to walk downstairs, he would have started lecturing her about breaking the motor. It's an old house, he always said. An old system. You gotta take care of it or it'll come back to bite ya. Lena. Basketball team captain at Westlake is throwing this huge party tonight. The disposal glugged and growled. It vomited up a chip of something whitish, like a bit of chicken bone. Casey's eyes glowed with delight, but they stayed locked on her screen. Casey, serious? Lena, and someone's wonderful smart best friend got both of us invites. Casey, serious? Excitement flared in Casey's belly. No one invited ninth graders to real parties. Lena, of course I'm serious. We can come pick you up. You're with your madre or padre this weekend. Casey hesitated. She glanced up the stairs. Her father was probably up there working on some five million piece puzzle or carving another crappy wooden duck. If she went up there and asked, he would start lecturing her about chores and boys and her turn to make dinner. As if reading her mind, he groaned down the stairs. Feed me, Casey. I'm hungry. Reason number 52,000 it was better at her mom's house, where they had the unspoken agreement to sit on their phones and totally ignore each other. Where, when, and 
how Casey went out, her mom only really ever said, have fun. Casey's mind spun with an idea. She could make up a big project for her history class and tell her dad she was going to the library or something stupid like that, something her dad would actually approve of. The garbage disposal growled, guttural, hungry. Her father's voice echoed through the house. Feed me. Casey. I'm at the dictator's house and I have to pay him respects in the form of dinner before he kills my dreams. Lena shot back a gif of a woman covering her mouth, trying not to laugh. The disposal glug-glugged more. She rolled her eyes and left it on. At least if it was 100% broken, her dad would actually fix it, and maybe clean up his mess while he was at it. Hey dad, I'm going to the library with Lena. I'll probably be back late, but I'll put on some, um... Casey opened the fridge door. She scowled until she saw it. A glass jar full of something red. It had meaty chunks of her dad's usual homemade tomato sauce. Pasta. I'll put on some pasta, okay? Her father called back, gurgling. Feed me. Casey scoffed under her breath. Rude. But he just kept going, saying the same thing over and over. Casey leaned against the counter and put in her earbuds to drown out her dad. Soon, Electric Viper's newest album thrummed in her ears. Casey couldn't hear anything as she pulled out a pot from the cabinet. She hummed as she popped open her father's spaghetti sauce. Then she froze. There was a fingernail floating on top. She glanced back to the thick red liquid sputtering from the disposal. A pair of yellow eyes stared back at her, rippling under the filthy water. Casey shrieked and staggered backwards. A pair of rotten arms shot out of the sink. They were slick and mucousy, pocked with old food and rot. The music was still blaring as those hands dragged her down into the sink. Her cheeks clapped against the cold porcelain, her skull like an egg. She heard herself crying. Dad! Dad! Please! The voice roared over the music, louder than anything. Feed me! When Casey's mother arrived to pick her up the next day, the house was empty. She found Casey's phone on the counter, full of dozens of unread messages and a pot on the floor. Jack? Casey's mother called. Casey? The garbage disposal was running, puking up something brownish and stinking of rot. Jeez, Jack. She said under her breath. You could keep this place cleaner, you know. If she had opened the fridge, she would have seen a second jar there beside the first. It was only half the size and soon the family would be complete. Casey's mother reached for the switch on the wall. She was too busy texting her ex-husband to notice the yellow eyes watching her. The ravenous smile, made of a dozen people's teeth, wedged in to a moldy face. I'm hungry. It hissed. Feed me. If you enjoyed this story and would like to hear more stories similar to this, be sure to check out Too Scared to Sleep. You can find links to purchase the book down below. 30 short scary stories with 30 short scary movies. It's definitely something you're going to want to check out.
Another fun thing that the author is currently doing is giving away three books that they have written every single month for free. That's right, every single month, Andrew will be giving away three books of your choice every single month for free. All you have to do is buy Too Scared to Sleep, click on the link in the description, provide your name and email, and you may be able to win three books of your choice every single month. Sarah hated being grounded more than anything. She sat in her room, angry and bored, looking for something, anything to do, besides fixate on the crack under her door. It glowed, which meant the kitchen lights were on. Her parents were still up, so she was still banished to her room. Sarah paused, considering her options. Her parents would certainly be angry if she left her room now. They had already grounded her for texting at dinner and had taken her phone. She didn't dare risk making it worse. Never mind that she was 14 and being sent to a room was totally humiliating. Having a phone was her social lifeline. She could practically feel the dozens of unanswered messages calling to her from the other room. The minutes ticked by and her anger turned to boredom. What was she supposed to even do? She hadn't opened her toy crate since she was a young girl, but tonight was not the night to be mature. She was phoneless, lonely, and bored. She lifted the latch up on the mangled old box and dug through the piles of stuffed animals. Their plastic eyes winked at her in the low light. Many of them were disfigured than she remembered, but the one she was looking for, her stuffed rabbit, Mr. Butterscotch, was sitting right on top with a big smile stitched onto his face. The same smile that had always cheered her up whenever she was down. His fur was worn, revealing the spots where he had served as a tissue for her tears. He had originally been a gift on her second birthday, and after that they were inseparable. He was her favorite toy and her closest friend. Sarah brought Mr. Butterscotch with her everywhere the doctor, the store, sometimes even the movies. As long as Mr. Butterscotch was there, she felt safe and happy. But Sarah grew up. She made friends at school. She got a phone. Nowadays, she spent her evenings hanging out with her friends online or texting. Sarah didn't need him anymore. She'd put him in her toy chest and forgotten about him. But now, Grasping him as she once had, resting her nose on his head in that familiar spot, the fond memories came flooding back. She'd always been the best listener. She sat Mr. Butterscotch on her pillow and let it all tumble out, weeping and telling him how horribly unfair it all was, how she wished she didn't have parents at all. It was nice to vent to someone, even if it felt a little childish. Mr. Butterscotch sat there listening, his beady eyes staring at her, his smile fixed in place. Long after the tears ran dry, Sarah must have dozed off because sometime later, she jerked awake with her head in a start. In a fog of hunger and confusion, she lifted her head from her pillow. It was 3.30 in the morning. The whole house smelled freshly of roasted meat. Mr. Butterscotch was nowhere to be seen. 
Hadn't she left him on her pillow? And why would her parents be cooking at this hour? Sarah climbed out of bed, pushed open the door, and light spilled in, cutting a yellow crease across her bedroom floor. Her stuffed animals seemed to raise their fleecy paws in good luck or maybe even a goodbye. She blinked hard and squinted into the darkness, and they were immobile statues once more. Her mind must have been playing tricks on her, surely. She crept down the hall. The honey-sweet scent of fat cooking grew stronger as she tiptoed into the empty kitchen. She turned her head this way and that, looking for shapes in the gloom, signs of her parents. All the lights in the house were dead except for the kitchen. Even the dining room adjacent to the kitchen was dark, except for a tidy row of candles set up among a feast of covered silver trays. Her mother's finest dishware. Sarah hadn't seen it used since her grandmother died. But there was, laid out in the middle of the night, like a feast for ghosts. Sarah hugged her arms over her chest. She peered into the oven. The huge tray her parents always used for Thanksgiving dinner sat in there, covered in a half globe of tinfoil. Hunger tumbled and twisted in her belly. The oven timer chirped, making Sarah yelp in surprise. She turned, expecting to see her father emerge from the dark to scold her for being out of bed. But the familiar shape that shuffled closer was too small to be her parents. For a moment, she thought it might be her dog, Daisy, lumbering over to beg for table scraps. But this figure walked up right on two furry black legs, and its tall ears twitched as it hopped along. Mr. Butterscotch? Sarah gasped. She almost questioned why he was moving on his own, but she stifled that impulse. Obviously, this was just a dream. What are you doing out of bed? She asked instead. You missed out on dinner. Her stuffed animal flopped up to her with a ragdoll looseness. He looked sweet and silly, his little stitched mouth smiling up at her. So I made you one. Oh, you kind old rabbit. She picked him up and cradled him. Mr. Butterscotch blinked, his eyes flat and unreadable. Something stained the tips of his paws. Perhaps it was sauce from cooking. It reminded her of pennies, but she couldn't quite think of why. Mr. Butterscotch wriggled out of her arms. He gestured toward the dimly lit dining room table. Shall we? A question lingered in Sarah's gut, poisoning her appetite. She paused. Where are mom and dad? The rabbit's stitched lips curled and for the first time she saw that he had teeth. Little triangles of felt poked out of his smile. Right here. Mr. Butterscott slipped past her and opened the oven door. He pulled out the tray bare pawed as if his little furry paws could not feel the blazing heat. He set it on the counter and peeled back the aluminum cover. Inside, oil sizzled at the bottom of the pan. The scent was unlike anything she had just smelled before, rich and sharp in her nose. A shank of meat sat in the tray, steam clouding up off it. A sharp tooth of bone stuck out from the cooked flesh. The stuffed rabbit gave her another toothy smile. He nodded toward the dining room table. Please, he said. Sit down, our feast is about to begin. Sarah turned back to do as her bunny told her. All of this had the comforting haze of a dream. Surely that's all it was. If her toys were coming to life and speaking to her, that was when a jolt of color caught her eye. 
A streak of scarlet smeared the doorframe. It was low at eye level and it too smelled like old coins. She leaned to peer down the hall. The door leading to her parents' room hung ajar. The blood smear led past the door into the darkness beyond. Mom? She whispered. Dad? The room answered with silence. It would be easy to check to see if they were there. Just nudge the door open. Just look for the familiar shape of them sleeping in the gloom. But somehow, she knew if she opened the door, there would be no going back. Sarah dared glance at Mr. Butterscotch. He was too busy slicing the meat to notice her. She pinched her own arm forward, willing herself to wake up. But the room around her stayed the same and the smell of Mr. Butterscotch's feast still dizzied her. It made her woozy, nauseous even. This was real. The blood on her parents' door was real. Her stuffed rabbit puttered around the kitchen, whistling happily. Should I put some juice on the table? Sarah's pulse quickened as she gingerly pulled open a utensil drawer and reached in to grab the sharpest knife she could find. A dull steak knife. Not much, but it would have to do. She held it behind her back. I don't think my mom and dad would like that. They said I shouldn't have sugar late at night. We don't have to worry about what they think. Not tonight. This is our feast. Mr. Butterscotch skipped past her to put the tray of meat on the table. Shall we eat? You must be hungry. Indignation tightened Sarah's throat. She gripped the knife tighter, only her hand was slippery from sweat. Not yet. Her stuffed animal hopped to the table, his ears bobbing with a looseness she used to find endearing. But now there was a menace to it. What was that phrase her mother told her? A wolf in sheep's clothing. Mr. Butterscotch didn't seem to notice her pause. He set the last serving tray on the table. Come along, Sarah, he chided. Your dinner is going to get cold. He impaled a sliver of meat on a fork and slapped it onto the closest plate. Sarah couldn't even bring herself to move. Not until my mom and dad are here. Now the toy rabbit started giggling to himself. In a warped, delighted voice, he said, Silly girl, they're already here. He leaned over to the center serving tray, her mother's finest silver. He wrapped a bloody paw around it and lifted the lid. Her mother's head stared back at her, mirroring Sarah's shocked look in her lifeless eyes. Steam rose from the wrinkled, cooked skin overlaying those once familiar features. Sarah held the knife even tighter. She swallowed the urge to vomit. Mr. Butterscotch watched her hungrily. Now sit down, he said in a wheezing, sing-song voice. Or join your parents over there. Sarah shuffled closer. She sat down slowly. Go on. Give your mother a taste. The rabbit leaned in, its button eyes glowing with unholy delight in the light of the chandelier. After all, you said you wished you didn't have parents. Bile rose in Sarah's mouth. She swung out with the knife. The dull blade caught and tore the fabric flesh of the rabbit's belly. Cotton spilled out of the open wound. The bunny looked between her and the knife in a mild surprise. Oh dear, Mr. Butterscotch said. It seems you've chosen to join the feast, but not in the way I had hoped. Then again, you've always been selfish, Sarah. Casting others aside when you are finished with them. After everything we've been through, and for what? To be replaced by a screen? I'd hoped we could start again, but now it's time for you to get a taste of your own medicine. 
Wait, Sarah tried. But the rabbit lunged, arcing in a fork toward her throat, silencing her forever. The house smelled of meat long into the morning. Is there a better disguise than your bunny with the cute button eyes? What if that bunny has fears about how you've changed through the years, and no longer listens to your cries, and no longer cares about your tears? Once again, thanks for listening to these stories. If you enjoyed them, definitely be sure to check out Too Scared to Sleep. You can find it on barnesandnoble.com and on Amazon for $9.99. You can also enter to win three free books every single month from the author. All the links to do so will be in the description. Once again, a big thank you to Too Scared to Sleep and the author. I'm very excited to share these stories with you, and I hope you enjoyed them. Be sure to check them out. There's 30 short scary stories with 30 short scary films. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit stories via reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I really appreciate all the support you guys give the swamp and I couldn't do this on a daily basis. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. As always, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to elbow that like button in the face as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's very helpful to the swamp to grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but you still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight, and I'd love to see your reviews about this book. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to join me over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all those good places, and I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.